Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Ooh, welcome back to the 3-0 Take, presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 408. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh. Yeah. Let's get it going today. Feeling good. I'm I'm running high off of uh, Dunkin' Ice Coffee. No free ads, but Dunkin', mm. if you're listening, please sponsor us. That would be dope. <sighs> Much appreciated, Dunkin'. Thank you. You're not an you're not an iced coffee guy, though, right? I am an iced coffee guy. Um, but we we found this out like what a year ago that you had only been to Starbucks in your lifetime, maybe what three times. Correct. Then enter Page, and we're there three times a week. So I feel like I'm a regular old American now. Red blooded American, addicted. Yeah, to the, addicted to the coffee. Yeah, I had hot coffee this morning though. A little Keurig action. Can't get on board with that. I can't. Really? I just can't. So here's here's it the thing. It was nice, dude. I started reading I a book it. and I'm like this morning I like got up, page left for work. I'm like I'm not ready to start my day. Started reading a book, sip of oh, coffee. I'm like, no, what's dude, happening? You're like you're Who am you're I? like 70 now, dude. I know. It's pretty wild. And you get up at like 4 a.m. too, don't you? So Uh no. No. The sleeping has been real, dude. Soon. That'd be nice. It's hard to get out of bed before before 6:45 nowadays it's the cold weather i think ish when, when people ask me they're like oh do you like a coffee per-? like can we can i get like if we go over somewhere they're like can i get you some coffee I'm like no nah, i'm not really a coffee person but i'll have the occasional iced coffee and they'll say oh like what's that all about and i'm like well i just don't want to get i don't want to what's that sugar yeah oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the <laughs> biggest sweet about. tooth no but i, I tell them i'm like well i don't want to get like addicted. I don't want to get relying on it because you, you For run sure. into those people that are like, I can't start my day unless I have, I'm my, not that my guy. Coffee. Yeah. I'm like, but here's the thing though, dude, I, the frequency, like the gaps in between my iced coffee runs now are fewer, or like oh. it's smaller and smaller. So I really need to be careful. Uh-huh. Otherwise this is going to be a daily thing. And I don't, I, I don't need that. It is weird that like caffeine is just not only legal, but like shoved in our face every corner. It is super addictive. And no. our society is just like, no, it's all good. This isn't a drug. I went down a rabbit hole the other day, sort of related. Yeah. I went down a, a rabbit hole the other day and it was a conspiracy video, like a TikTok or something on how sugar is manufactured to make us dumber. And it sounds crazy, but you do you do a little deep dive. No, you're dude, like, it doesn't sound crazy to me. I'm fully Whoa. on board with a lot of stuff lately. Conspiracies are starting to feel a little more real. Hiding in plain sight, sugar is just the the legal drug that they shove in our faces. Anyway, yeah. uh, little little baseball housekeeping before we get started. Uh, I was telling you just before we got on, I started a Facebook group. For those who don't know. Believe it or not, Facebook is far and above our best platform. Not a lot of people know that uh, because people just love to get on there and argue. But yeah. I started a Facebook group through the through our our uh, account, like through our page, 
And I was thinking, yeah, you know, it'll take it'll take a minute or two to to get going or whatever. Within like 24 hours, we're almost at like 900 people already. So just Love a little it. plug, little plug to, uh, for for you or for those of you who have a Facebook and are listening. Uh, it's basically just a little group I put together. Looking at it right now, um, it's called Today in Baseball. It's pinned on our on our page at the top. You'll see it. Uh, just a little group I wanted to get some baseball people together and you know chat baseball people are already dropping in like pictures of their memorabilia collections the stadium that to last year i love it i i thought i'd have to get the get the wheels turning a little bit myself but it's already self-sufficient so hop on in there if you're on facebook and uh get get rolling with that um one last thing Uh, i just wanted to put a note out there a little preview that i am pumped to do our uh, deep dive into Ricky Henderson's as, as part of our unbreakable mm. records mini series at the end of this episode, dude, I'm just a little teaser. I'm, amped. I think I love that. Like it's, it's gonna, I think have people like, what is that real? Like, how is this really a record? Like, how is that number really out there? I've got people some, forget, man. People it, forget. I forgot some of the stuff I didn't even know. Yeah, I like it. It'll it'll put some things into perspective that'll have your head spinning. So stick around for that. We'll we'll get to that at the end of the episode. But leading us off here, uh, the newest number two in the rotation for your New York Yankees. We uh-huh. alluded to it last episode. We we said that it was close that he was likely going to end up with one of our two ball clubs, and we were exactly right on that i think a couple hours later hours yep yeah he was he was it was announced it was official today actually i, I don't know why it, it took a number of number of days but it was announced today that he is officially with the club so marcus stroman you are a new york yankee nate thoughts mm. um uh, emotional fan reaction i don't love it I've never been a Strowman guy personally. It's a lot of me, me, me. I'm, I don't know, dude. Just like, I just want winners. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just want selfless winners. As a Yankees fan, like, that's all I'm hoping for. I don't know. As far as like a baseball monetary move, I think it. It's not that bad. Two years, 37 mil. There's a clause for a player option in 2026 if he crosses over the 140 innings pitched in 2025. So there's like incentive for health and longevity. It's not breaking the bank. I feel a lot better about this if they go finish with another move for the rotation. I would agree. Uh, To add a little perspective to that uh, vesting option to reach 140 innings in 2025, he threw 136 and two thirds last season uh, and 138 and two thirds in 2022. But he has put in averages 144. He's reached 140, I believe four times in his career. So that's certainly within within reach for Stroman. It's in so. there. He is 32. Um, 
I totally forgot when I was looking up numbers, he, uh, I forgot that he took off 2020, the COVID year. Um, not that it's like, that's a ton of bullets being used, but you know, kind of shave a half a year off of this. It's just the health. I mean, I think it's the health that, that kind of worries me the most. It's the great first half last year, horrible second half last year. Makes me nervous. I don't have him slotted at two. Um, but like looking at the rotation, I he's gotta be two. He's it he feels like Garrett be. Cole, and then there's like a group of number three and four starters. There is no two. Absolutely. But of those three and four starters, Strowman has to be your number two. Rodon has not shown you. That he's Rodan, capable of giving yeah. you that consistency. I've Nestor at two, but like I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two rather was just a fluke. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, Clark Schmidt running out at five, so he's not in the mix. So it's like you know, Stroman's that three four. It's weird, dude. The Yankees are weird. They they give like there's like a seniority thing outside of like superstars signing. Like you know, you're not fitting into like this high leverage spot. Soto is an exception, right? Like you're Soto. So we're going to throw you in the middle of the lineup. But like, I don't, there's just, they have this weird, that's why they were out on Yamamoto. Yamamoto wanted more money than what Garrett Cole has. And the Yankees are like, I, we don't see it. Sorry. So like, there's this weird, like, I, it's not like nostalgia or legacy, but it is kind of like this pecking order that they have. You have to earn your pinstripes. That's a thing. We hear it every year. So if Brett, so based on what you're telling me, if Brett Gardner expressed interest in returning as the starting left fielder, could no. he slot right in given the years that he's, he's accumulated as a, as a Yankee? No, probably not. But tip of the tip of the cap to that. But there is that thing, though. There is like this. We no, I they, agree. I agree. they struggle to like let old guys go because they've earned their right to be there. And so, like we saw it with CC, we saw it with Brett Gardner. We've seen it for years of like just leaving guys in their role because they've earned the right to it. And on the other side of the spectrum, you're not here yet. You haven't proven anything yet. So therefore, you haven't earned your stripes and. You know, you're not in that spot. So I would I would guess three or four in the rotation, but I don't really care. This th there needs to be one more addition. I, I think every team should at least have six bona fide starters. At least. That should be the minimum. Who do you think is is within reason right now for a potential additional starter? Like, is it safe to say they're out on Snell? Because I'm just trying to think of a scenario where they slot somebody in ahead of... If they... Uh, go yeah. in with, with my rotation, I mean, you, you obviously have him in a different spot, but say he slots in at number two, I have a hard time picturing anybody outside of Snell that they would Maybe slot in ahead Jordan of Stroman. Montgomery. Maybe I would probably yeah. put Jordan Montgomery above him. It's just I don't I I don't know if they you know burn that bridge. He seems like he's more 
desiring to go back to Texas. Wasn't it the Yank? Didn't I see the report recently where it said he would rather stay with Texas yeah. over returning to? Is that was it the Yankees yeah. that I saw? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's got that working against you, but yeah. But I mean, if that if that's the case, then you're looking at three righties, three lefties. If you if you're going six, so, um, and then outside of like free agents, I don't I don't know. I mean, there's still the the trade market. It's just about finding somebody you can go get but i i just i don't want that i don't want it to end with stroman i don't think that's like the chef's kiss you know what i mean like we we definitely need a little more help there so please don't let that be the highlight of the off season as far as signings i can't wait i i may have already said this but i can't wait to yeah, see me this how he responds at no not i'm not even talking oh, about devers i'm talking about i can't wait to see how he and the old bronx faithful get along after his first poor outing and they're letting him hear it on on twitter the yeah, few people that fair. remain that haven't been blocked yet of course uh sure. but i'm i'm curious to see how that goes because he has I didn't, a track I mean, he record is, of it not going well he's from new york so which is another thing kind of gets it these like the I'm, little bit of the attitude. I I think that's probably the only way, because like if to survive in New York, you either have to be the guy that like gives the perfect answer. Your heartbeat stays this. The Jeter. The Jeter. Or you're the guy that claps back. Or you're David Wells. You're super super emotional. Love me or hate me, but I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna say my words take it or leave it and then you have you get the yankee faithful on your side i think he would be better going that route should be like hey here's me i've got my swagger i've got my attitude you yankee fans are the same way i am let's be boys just don't come in here and try to act like aaron judge don't suddenly turn and change your your characteristics that make you what you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, spare me on the whole grew up a Yankees fan thing. It's all, oh, it, yeah, that's yeah. how it's, that's that. how it's been his whole career. It's about fitting the narrative. Yeah. When he was with the Mets, all you saw was pictures of him as a kid. Yeah. Uh, decked out in Mets gear. Yeah, I don't need that. I'm all good. And now it's, oh, look at the pictures of, of young little Marcus Stroman rocking the Yankees gear. I don't and need that. Just pitch, dude. I don't yeah. need, stop trying to convince me that you're you're like this lifelong Yankees guy. You very well may be, but stick with that narrative. Like let yeah. that be the pic picture that circulates. Don't try to play to each fan base the way you do. I'm right. all for trying to like pander a little bit when you get yeah. there, but this guy's all about pandering. And then when it goes south, then it's well, the fan base is racist, or yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I hate that city. The yeah. front office sucks. They mismanaged me as an asset. I just nailed it. That's his whole career. So yeah, pretty. I much. don't see it. I don't see it changing anytime soon. But who knows? Maybe the pinstripes will. Did you see the change the it. post that he put out like on his story? Said he's excited to put on, and he put in all caps, the pinstripes. 
obviously cubs wear pinstripes so maybe that was like a little bit of like a jab i don't i, I don't understand what you have there's to always like this burning a bridge that's what i'm saying there's always like this underlying like jab it's it's strange it's strange i i'm not a fan of the guy but if you come here and do well you come here and do well so whatever i did see he only gave up 9 home runs last year so he's just got to stay he's got to stay healthy like i said with especially with and you you know far better than i do but with rodon and and some other scenarios of of guys not uh, being able to provide that consistency, yeah. he just has to stay healthy, and yeah. he's got to give you those starts, those innings that that you so desperately need, that any team desperately yeah. needs. Like you need guys that you can rely on, especially if they're front end guys. Yeah. And if he does slot in it too, then there's going to be a little bit of added pressure there for him. So go get snow. I'm happy. I'm happy could, on at that point. I could see it happening at this point because I think a couple teams that were maybe in on Snell initially have have fallen out of it at this point. Yeah, uh, I I thought he would have signed by now, but so did I. I agree. A is he? Surprising. He's a Boris guy, right? Sure. I think he's a Boris guy, so he's probably just waiting it out. Mm. Please hold. As Boris guys tend to do. But yeah, I could see him. I haven't heard much on the Mariners front, which could, I don't know. I could lean either way on that. But at this point, the Yankees have shown they're not afraid to make a move. So I could very well see that being the place Snell ends up. Which in that scenario drops Stroman yeah, three. Snell would slot in two. Stroman would be three. You'd have Rodon at four. And Nestor that's what five. I'm saying. Like if you Clark's, scoot everyone down, Clark's the odd man out in that in that case. Yeah, but yeah. I got no problem with easing some guys in. Sure, just go in six man rotation for a little bit. Give Cole his typical schedule. Let other guys do what they need to do. Speaking of starters and bullpens and schedules, uh, Jordan Hicks. Apparently is a starter now for the San Francisco Giants after signing a four-year, $44 million contract. They said the plan is to convert him from the pin to a starter. He's got a little bit of a little bit of time on the bump as a starter. I believe in the minors. And then he started for the cards for a handful of games and has some experience opening as well. Not necessarily the same, but. He has been handed the ball to open a game before, so not it's not groundbreaking for him in that regard, but we we shall see. The Giants have taken an interesting approach to their pitching this offseason, if I do say so myself. Getting a guy from the pen, converting him to a starter, you go out and get Robbie Ray, who we've already talked about, but is coming off of uh, injury, surgery, and you're going to have to wait him, him out to at least the all-star break is that what we said at least um so i don't know i mean rather than going and getting just a guy who's healthy and can give you innings and is not necessarily an experiment they're like no we're gonna do quite the opposite 
we're going to go get a guy who we need to wait out to the all-star break. And we're going to go get a reliever who throws Ched that we know won't be sustainable over the course of six, seven, possibly eight innings. But we're going to we're going to work. I was on waiting. It anyway. to, yeah, I was waiting to see where you fell on that. What side of the fence you fell on. I agree. I mean, it's weird. I, it's just weird. I mean, the contract itself is not. No, for, I don't think the money's for the, bad. For the bids that they've made, this is a fraction of what this. So, I mean, right. to get a guy who... Upside. I mean, there's a ceiling there. Sure. And he's had success. I'm all I'm all about it. I just don't know, given the state of your rotation as it stands. Because if you think about it, uh, Logan Webb is your only real yeah. solify, or like solidified guy everything mm -hmm. else is either an experiment or a question mark or unproven yeah that's that's kind of what we're dealing with what does the, the rest of rotation rotation look like um i saw eight starts in 2022 by the way which i'm assuming were all opens technically you've got uh roster friend of the pod ross stripling's in there um robbie ray as i mentioned but you gotta wait Wait on him. Alex Cobb is also out to start the season. Not for the whole season, I don't believe, just to start. Um, you got yeah. some prospects in there. Kyle Harrison, Keaton yeah. Wynn. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, comparatively, we're talking about the Yankees rotation having some some question marks. Definitely some question marks here. I would much rather be in the Yankees boat than For the sure. Giants boat because those question marks are far greater. Yeah. I'm looking at this whole roster. So it's just it's just so weird. It's just a weird roster. Chill out on the outfielders. These guys aren't tradable. Like you can't trade JD, JD Davis. He did nothing last year. You can't trade Wilmer Flores, Conforto, no, Yaz. I, I thought, uh, I mean, maybe not over the course of the whole season, but didn't JD have a have a spurt last year where he kind of yeah, went off? But I I thought he was unhealthy for most of the year, wasn't he? Am I thinking of last year? Outside of Tyro Strada, I'm like, everybody should be up for grabs outside of him and Patrick Bailey. I. He had a little bit of a run last year, JD. Make a move. Um, like, do something. That's the thing, though. We talked about this. They try and they try and they try no, like again. Trade. And they they come don't up they short. never trade. They just bank on like one superstar signing to fix everything. And then you swing and miss on every superstar. It's just uh, it's strange. It's it's weird. Try something different. Do something new. Stop signing veteran outfielders and then appease your fan base by saying, well, we went after him. He just didn't agree to the contract. What? Assuming this chart, you're right on, on all of those things, by the way. Uh, Thanks. But I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at this chart. Because in my head, I'm like, why do I get the... Why do I feel like in my gut that the Giants have made an effort to shift away from their geriatric roster that they held on to for so long? 
And assuming this chart is correct, it does not appear as though they're in the upper tier. They're as middle of the age. pack now. Yeah, they're middle of the pack. ESPN has them at 14 average age, sitting at 27.3. Uh, let me double check. Got a second opinion here. So it's not when you talk about them not wanting to trade, it's not that they're necessarily not willing to trade so that they can rely on one or two superstars and then a bunch of 40 year olds. It used to, it used to be that, but I think they've shifted away from that and are now trying to produce some homegrown talent, bring guys up through the system. And maybe with that shift, maybe they just haven't gotten around to it yet, but maybe there's going to be a shift in philosophy uh, and and maybe some trades start to happen. I think they're running out of time given what's left in the uh, conversation, if you will, the names that are being kind of floated around. I mean, you, you could make a trade at any point. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you know, the teams are going to float their guys out there, such as like a, a Dylan Cease. And you've already seen what happened with Dylan Cease. They floated him out there, didn't really like the return, so they, they're pulling him back most likely and, and are going to ride it out till at least the deadline. So if you're the Giants and you want to make something happen, you need to make it happen somewhat soon. I, just, I, don't, I don't see the wild card being an option for them. Obviously, the division isn't an option for them. So it's like, why are you still sticking with these older players? I'd rather just bring guys up, give them more experience, see what you got. You got your you got blockades all over the place. Your outfield, your corner infield. You finally got to move on from Brandon Crawford and nothing against Brandon Crawford, but it's like you know what you're getting. Like, you know what you're getting out of these guys, and it's not an 85-win team. I just don't see it. So bring up some youth. Figure out what you're doing. I don't know. I don't know. just doesn't get me fired up. You haven't been fired up about the Giants in it's, yeah. a long time, they're, if they're, ever. They're sneaking into Brewer territory for me. And that's dangerous. If you're the Giants and you're listening, you don't want to be there. <laughs> you you don't want to get on Nate's Brewer side. Dangerous waters. Forget bad side. You don't want to be on his Brewer side. Uh, the Braves extend Alex Anthopoulos through the 2031 season. Duh. Duh. I hate it. I love it, but I hate it. That's that's it. that's the best way I can put it. I just, if you're not a brave fan, you hate it because you're jealous. Yeah, that's 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 really what what we're doing. It's all with it is. Just at its core, just yeah. jealousy. Yeah, I mean, dude's a genius. I don't get how he does it, and I, I make this joke all the time. But I'm really starting to think that there's truly some like. Black magic. I don't know what it is. I, it, it, 
doesn't make sense how he's able to pull off such fr- team-friendly deals. And the point that I've made with this all along is that, sure, you could maybe get one or two guys on the whole, mm-hmm. hey, like this is this is for the future. If, you, if you'll work with us, we can guarantee you rings years to come. You won't be able to get your bag that maybe you'd get elsewhere, but we're taking a risk on yeah. you. You take a risk on us, and let's do it for the movement. You could get a couple guys on that, but you can't convince me that every one of these guys that has signed such a team-friendly deal is on board with that. It do- it doesn't make sense because some of these guys are going to go, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'm passing yeah. on your quote-unquote movement, and I want to get my money. But every offseason, it seems now, for the last however many years, it's, oh, they, they signed this guy for a bag of chips to t- for 12 years. I, I don't know how it happens, but Good for the Braves for going and locking down their guy. He's just, he's just a wizard. He's just a wizard. I don't know. There's no other way to say it. He's creative with moving money around. And like, uh, it's not just the contracts. It's not just the extensions. It's the moves he makes in, in the maneuvering around making it make sense. He's like genuinely maximizing payroll and roster and longevity. And it helps that like, you got to give the Braves organization equal credit because like you developed, you know, your cornerstones, you developed some of these guys and you struck gold on them being super, super talented. And you beat them to the punch when it comes to extensions. So, like, it's it's kind of a full circle. It's just a perfect storm. That's It's gone all Braves' way. And then you add in, you drop in a couple vets that are, like, willing to win, and boom. All of a sudden, you're and a problem for a decade. Exactly. And you bring up a good point about maximizing productivity. The I think the thing that the Braves do so well, as opposed to a team just i mean just recently that comes to mind like the padres they're getting these guys they're signing them to long-term deals but they're maximizing the right years for these mm-hmm. guys they're not yeah. getting these guys in their yes. late they're not they're not running these guys out to their late 30s into their early 40s yes they're getting these guys just at the right time you're getting the right number of years and if you want to keep them around or extend them at a certain point a handful of years into the contract, so be it. But at least for the time being up front, you're getting these guys for the 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 best years that they're more than likely gonna give you. Which they're not is hoarding prospects either. Which is the obviously, resources they have are just off the charts, man. That's crazy. That's that's a pet peeve for both both of us. The prospect hoarding. Move along. You got a superstar in that position, move all your prospects that are playing that position and continue to fill out the big league roster. They're doing it right, dude. The guy's a genius, and it's like it's a no-brainer. Did we see what the money was worth? Uh I don't does, does that it matter? become public? Uh let's see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it matters. Watch it just—it's like an ownership stake or something. It's like five hundred bucks, and then a three percent revenue. I'll take one dollar. Yeah, 
it'd be wildly ironic if it was for just Boku Bucks. Is it Boku or Buku? Buku? I thought it was Boku. Is it Buku? Buku Bucks? I don't know if this stuff becomes public. What do you think a Boku is? Or a Buku? Is it Boku or Buku? Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. Definition of Boku means many or a lot. I mean, I could have guessed that. Can I get a can I get like the Google it's a, pronunciation? It's a play. Well, I don't I don't have that pulled up, but it does say it's a play on the French word Boku. B-E-A-U-C-O-U-P. There you what go. does that mean? French bucks. Many or a lot. Uh, which, we don't use it more than just bucks. We don't say like, I've got buku cookies in my cookie jar. Yeah, buku bucks just rolls off the tongue. Sure does. Boku, buku, I don't know. Boku, I like boku. It says B-O-K-U, boku. Uh, anyway, you know who has a lot, who has boku bucks, but chooses not to spend any of them? The Boston Red Sox. And they, uh, Craig Breslow came out recently and just dropped a bombshell. I'd say a bombshell. I mean, I think you could have seen this coming from a mile away, given the way the offseason's been going. But it just hurts to hear it because, you know, like as a fan of the team, you're holding out hope. Like, okay, we bring, we get rid of Heim, we, we bring in Craig Breslow, and, it, you know, you've got Tom Warner saying we're, this team is going full throttle this offseason. Post Craig Breslow edition, you mm-hmm. bring him in. You got, as I said, Tom Warner coming in and say we're going full full throttle. They haven't gone full throttle. I don't no. even know if they've started the car. Um, but you had Craig Breslow. I think he he had an interview with the Globe or something uh, the other day, and his quote was as follows: "As I've gotten to know this organization better through the conversations I've had with ownership, they absolutely are still supportive of assembling a World Series team as quickly as we possibly can." But I think the reality is that it's going to require a step forward from the young position players. It's going to require the build out of a talent pipeline of arms that we can acquire, we draft, and we can develop internally. And it's going to require aggressive player development in the minor leagues and the major leagues. So guys that we think are the next wave, Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony, Kyle Teal, that group are not just big leaguers, but impact big leaguers. The convergence of all of those pieces is the fastest path to a World Series team. We want to build this thing in a way that there's just not quality once in a while, but there's quality paired with consistency. In other words, we're waiting it out for this young wave of talent that's coming up in a number of years. And you in other words, sit. yeah, we're going to enjoy last place until 2026. In other words, go sit in the corner, Red Sox fans, and suck on your thumbs because we're doing nothing. In other words, don't say that you're going full throttle this offseason. You would think. You would think that would be the way to go as as uh, a front office who has little self-awareness. I, I'm not surprised that they put their foot in their mouth this way, but you would think knowing that this was the plan all along that you wouldn't say full throttle. At mm. the very least, just don't say anything at all mm-hmm. and let this come out naturally and people are still going to be disappointed but it wouldn't have been 
following a quote such as saying we're going full throttle only for fans to be let down when they realize yeah. we're punting until maybe 2026. Tough, Just an absolute dude. joke, dude. Tough. It's real tough. I you- think one of the Verdugo quotes in the Yankee presser was he was like, it was kind of strange to see Fenway half empty. Like you're never used to that. Hasn't been that way in a long time. There's been a there's been a movement on Twitter or on social altogether, I guess, uh, that people are they're fed up, dude. They're not. There's a lot of people that are saying they're not going to Fenway next year, which I mean, it's gonna sell out. Uh, so many people, including myself, are like, it's a tourist attraction. Like people are gonna show mm-hmm. up, and they know that. That's the thing. It's frustrating. It's like it's really hard with this franchise more than others to prove a point financially. Yeah. Like you can't stick it to them because it's a bucket list are, thing. It's a bucket list place for baseball fans. Exactly. People are going to show up and people are going to spend money. People yeah. are like, people were clamoring for fans to like bring hot dogs from home. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a bit too far. I'm not Relax. putting hot dogs in my pocket. Uh, one, because I'd have no way of heating them up. And two, if you're hot coming from out of town, pocket. that means you're going to have to stop on a street corner, pick them up. Bring them in. It's just a mess. You don't have the ability to do all that. A lot going on. A lot of moving parts. Um, But yeah, man, honestly, and I was hoping maybe you could just walk me through it real quick to to help me get my feet on the ground. I really don't know how to feel about this year because I told you that I was going to be in a much better place this year. I do remember that. With this team because I just wanted Heim gone. Although I will acknowledge that I, I think with everything that's come out, especially this quote, we're realizing that Heim, I think, was scapegoated a little bit more than Probably. people gave credit for. Frankly, I just still wanted him gone. I, I just needed a new, even if he was handcuffed a little bit or a lot, I just, I needed something like something fresh to work with because I, I just got tired of reading the headlines of, yeah, inabilities to make trades and, and so on and so forth. So I just, yeah. I needed something new and to bring in a former player. I was like, all right, he's going to be, he's going to be new at this, but let's, let's roll with this. Let's ride. And it's been a relatively slow off season, but I just don't know with these comments. I don't know how to feel about this upcoming season. Like, are you saying, I... are you saying that you, you are somewhat forgiving Heimbloom in a way? A little bit. I mean, I'll uh, hand up. I'll acknowledge that, like, I was probably knowing what we know now. I was probably a little hard on, but like I said, you still in his position, you have the ability. He wasn't. He wasn't new to a front office when he got here. So, like, even if you're handcuffed financially, go out and make a trade. But you heard about all these agents talking about like why. Why is Heimblum treating the Red Sox like a small market team? Like, why does he get cold feet on trades? Why does he never want to lose a trade? You got you have to be willing to take risks to lose a trade every once in a while if it means making a move to shake things up a little bit to possibly improve your team. Who knows? He just he didn't do that. So I I, I put that on him. Uh, All right, let's do this then. This will help me figure out where you're at. I want you to rank these blooms. Okay, you got Heimblum. You got Orlando Bloom, and then you got the Bloomin' Onion from Outback. Rank those, and you that'll tell me where we're at mentally. I'll be completely honest. I don't even remember what Orlando Bloom was in. I know Orlando Pirates Bloom. Pirates of the Caribbean. 
No, that's that's not. Yes, he is in Pirates of Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. When I think Orlando Bloom, I think Johnny Depp. Weirdly enough, so probably because of, of Pirates of the Caribbean. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm saying sometimes I get them mixed up. Sure, sure. Um, I would go. I'd go Bloom and Onion, Orlando Bloom, Heim Bloom. Bloom and Onion at the top. Yeah. 100% slaps. Severely underrated. So that's where I'm at right now. Outback is slept on, in my opinion. Um, That's fair. That makes me understand that you like you somewhat forgive him, but like not that much. That's fair. That's where we're at. And I I just don't know. Ah. Like, I can't, I knew this was like at the start of the offseason or, or post Craig Breslow hiring. I knew that this was still a possibility. Like, I knew that there was a possibility they weren't going to do much. I was hopeful that they would, they pulled this trigger on some moves, but I didn't know just quite how to feel about it. But I felt generally that I was in a better position than last year. I was in a much better position than I was last year because I had, I had no interest in, in following that team last year the way I had years prior. But with this now, it's mm. like, all right, so you're just telling me it's more the same? It's another last yes. place finish for possibly the next two years? Maybe even beyond that if if what you're telling me about 2026 is a joke? like, And people are saying, well, it's just spoiled Red Sox. Yeah, yeah yes and no. Like bit. I don't care, I don't care how recently they won a World Series. Like no fan should be ex- should be accepting of their ownership group just being like, yeah, uh, we're gonna punt when you have the resources to be better than you currently are, which they mm-hmm. do, but they choose not to, so that they can pocket the money. I don't know what they're doing, but i don't know should i feel better or should i'd I feel- like to i think by the end of may you need to tell me who's gonna have a better record at the end of the year the mets or the or the red the red sox by the end of may that's, i need an I answer mean, that's by a, that point that's a valid question because that, i'm kind of putting them in the same boat right now because yeah. you we we talk about it all the time multiple times since that uh story leaked but it's like you got the mets saying eh, we're good red sox saying eh, we're good we'll see you in yeah. a year or two Best case scenario, you have an excellent start from Lucas Giolito in the first half of the year, and you flip them, and you get some names, you know, for the future. I, I guess, but like, do I mean I'm gonna support the Red Sox? I'm gonna support the players. That's that's not but you the need issue. to. I, I think I it's, always do. I think it's more important you find the right team in the NL that you'd like to. You'd like to. Well, I already have that. It's D backs again, or. No, not the D-backs. That that was just a team that Phillies. I thought was going to make a, a little Phillies, bit of, of noise. Yeah, it's Phillies. Phillies. Yeah. Um, how do I? I want to like strategically boycott though. Like, do I just not buy officially licensed team gear? Like, because I saw some people being on there, like, hey, still support the team. Like in in the replies, mm-hmm. they're like, still support the team, but just buy used gear or buy like knockoff gear. That's you a do you do kind of scavenge through some some eBay marketplace, Mercari. Yeah, you I'm, do very I'm good in that, in that category. So I'm in that life, man. I don't hate so that. Maybe plan. that's the route I take. Probably. Probably. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I make it up to Boston this year. So I, at least I'm yeah. putting money in their pockets that way. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. 
that they don't come to DC, right? So your only your only hope is they Baltimore. Were last year. Yeah. And and I went to the games in DC and I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. It was it was well, not enjoyable. Think you know where you stand then. No. I won't even I won't even get to the point of talking noise to you this year. I just want a year where we can where we can I go want back a year and forth. Where- seriously where we're both freaking good and we where can we're start... hurting each other's feelings yes. to the point where like we're debating on whether or not we should record an episode because we're still a little salty yes the, the i miss those made. days that was a good place 2018 or ironically our first year of doing this that was yeah. the, that was peak for that i know that i mean that is since it. it's embarrassing since. ever since 2021 a little bit of that you know the wild yeah. card game you and i went to and right. the playoff run a little bit of that but we need we need 2018 back um kind of wrapping things up here before we get into the ricky henderson uh segment dusty baker returning to the giants as a special assistant so this will be his third stint with the team as uh, many of you know, he he managed uh, for 26 years. He managed the Giants specifically from 1993 to 2002. And then came back as an advisor, I believe, in 18 and 19. Uh, so as, as I said, this will be his third stint with the team. I'm all about it, man. I'm glad, I don't- I'm glad Dusty's sticking around. I guess. I don't know what this advisor role means anymore. No. Every team does it. It's like a PR stunt. Show me some proof in the pudding that like you're like they're involved in a specific project. Show me how they're helping. Otherwise, this is just clicks. I'm over it. I'm over team saying we signed this guy as a special assistant. I don't know what that means. Unless you're an assistant GM. I don't want to hear about you hiring an assistant anything. You're not important. So love you, Dusty. Welcome back, I guess. I you were gone for five minutes. Hope you enjoyed retirement. I don't I don't know what any of this means. But the Giants still suck. So <laughs> you want raw, there's raw. I'm all about it. Um Additionally, Sean Doolittle hired just kind of closing the book oh, here. Boy. Sean Sean Doolittle hired by the Nationals as a pitching strategist. You want to copy talk and about paste co- my last statement? I don't know what. <laughs> control C, Control V. You know, you know. You, I mean, you talk about clicks, and I'm not saying he's not going to have any impact on the team. But the Nationals very well know how much that fan base loves Sean Doolittle. And for good reason. He's he's like a part of that culture, man. He's he's all about it in DC. They love him. He there. is I get it. entirely entirely irrelevant to any other fan base. This news means nothing to me. <laughs> if you're a Nats fan, I hope you They get love some, it, dude. They're eating yeah. it up. And and that's what I'm saying. The, these clicks, they're the the only Nationals positive thing I can say, the only cool thing I can say about this is former players recently removed from playing being included in front office 
analytical slash, hey, dude, like, let's ease up on the analytics and let me talk to you sure. about actual stuff. Like what goes into it. But yeah, let me ask you this. Wouldn't I mean, I know just about as much as you do probably in this regard, but wouldn't you say a pitching strategist would be in the pen on game days as opposed to a front office role? You think? Yeah, maybe he's like shadowing a, a the pitching coach or something the, like that, right? Bullpen coach. I or the bullpen doubt coach. It. Yeah, I doubt it. Strategist, I think, to me is probably more in like the player development side of things. You think? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, then you're right, man. I mean, maybe, and that's cool. You, like, I'm not, I'm not hitting on that. I just, yeah, you want proof in the pudding of a project. I mean, I, I think yeah. there's a very direct line of communication from him to the people up in the box of saying like hey yeah like you said let's dial it back on this let's crank it up on this yeah i am i will say i am a sucker for players that had longevity in the league but weren't necessarily superstars yeah when they get when they give back to the game in some way i'm a sucker for that because they, those are the guys that had to grind to stick around. Exactly. Like they know the game up, exactly. down, left, right, inside and out. These superstars, I'm not saying they don't know the game, but if it comes that easily, if it comes that naturally, not they can't to say teach did, it. Yeah, not to say you didn't put in the work to get there, but if it if it comes to you easily and naturally, you you maybe don't have the same level of appreciation for the grind exactly. as a guy like Sean Doolittle. Yeah. I'm all I 1000% on board with you on that. That all I'm, right. I'm a huge fan of that. Outside of that, Nationals suck. Raw. Future future uh future could be bright. Got to got to make some got to make some moves there. Kendall Graveman, last last note for closing the book here. We'll miss the it was announced this week that he will miss the 2024 season after having shoulder surgery. And I think that I read the report that said it's not necessarily uh impacting the Astros approach to relief pitching with the free agent market and or trades. So Nor should it. Kendall Grimman gets no one fired up. He's done okay. Yeah, good year or two, but like I don't think it's anything to bank on. Um, uh, did we like see news on this? Did it happen during like a bullpen? Why are we hearing about guys getting surgeries this this late, late in, the in the off season? Like, figure this out in in November. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, save yourself at least two or three months and have the hope that if your team's in good shape, you can come back for September. Sure. It's just weird. Like I, I, it's happening more and more often. I think too, just random surgeries coming at random times. So unless it's like a hey, I was just throwing sure. a yeah. pen, yeah, for my first time back after six weeks off, and now I tore something like that. You get you know no control over, but yeah, I don't know. Get your surgeries done sooner, or just recover from them in like sixty days, like Harper did, and perfect, and then. All will be good. Um, all right. Here it is. Um, this is what you've been waiting for. I'm so amped for this, dude. So many nuggets on Ricky Henderson's career stolen bases record. It's insane. All right. Oh, so for is those this a 10 who, piece or a 20 piece? 
What's that? You said nuggets. I mean nuggets. Oh, yeah. 20, 20, two 20 okay. pieces. One for Ooh. later. Ricky Henderson. 1,406 stolen bases in his career. Now, zoom out a little bit before we deep dive into this. A little background on, on his career for those who don't know. And I'll be I'll be quite honest with you. I don't think I appreciated Ricky Henderson's career as much as I do now, having looked at the numbers and and mm-hmm. f- and coming to the realization that he, he is more of a multi-dimensional player than I think he gets credit for. Because I think when you hear Ricky Henderson, you think I mean the guy's nickname was Man yeah. of Steel. Yeah. Like literal S T E A L. Yeah. And you have to zoom out a little bit and go, you know, this guy could, this guy could hit, this guy could hold his own at the plate. Uh, but for his career, Hall of Famer, obviously, MVP winner, 10 time All Star, two time World Series champion, a gold glover, uh, and a three time silver slugger. His career numbers, he had a career war of 111.2. He, he accumulated 10,961 ABs, had 3,055 hits, 297 homers. He had a career average of 279, uh, drove in 1,115 runs, and as I mentioned, stole 1,406 bases for his career. Uh, his MVP career, looking specifically at the 1990 season, he had 65 stolen bases, which led the American League. He hit 325, had an OBP of 439, Whoa. which led all of baseball and led all of baseball with an OPS of 1.016 mm. and had an OPS plus of 189. Yeah, I feel like people just kind of like they just gloss over. They kind of think you. of like he's like a Billy Hamilton or something. All you were built for exactly. was speed, but like, nah, dude. Exactly, five tool. So diving diving into this record, he finished the. This is insane. So I put out a I put out a post the other day, uh, talking about the, um just looking at the perspective of this record. Yeah. He, let me make sure I find it. He spent more time of his career being the all time leader in steals than not, which is insane. Say it out loud one more time. He spent more time in his career as the all time leader in steals than not. So he broke the record and had that held a that record longer, for a he longer. He played for more time. What? Then, are you kidding me? Like, think about all. Like, think of think of like the home run records or win. Yeah, you have that win for records. Like a year, you're put you're pushing forty to get to a record for, yeah. for something like that. This guy, Ricky Henderson, finished his 1990 season, which was his MVP season. And was his eleventh season at the major league level. He finished that year two two steals shy of Lou Brock's record of nine thirty eight, mm. and it took Lou Brock nineteen seasons to do that. Ricky Henderson was too short after his eleventh year. That's different, dude. I'm I'm sorry, but I. 
of That's of the really records different. that we're doing. And I I know I say this every every new record that we break down, but I'm starting to think that this, like nobody is touching this record. Nobody. No. And you want to know why? If a player stole 50 bases a season for 28 years, 28 years, <laughs> Ricky Henderson would still have more steals. 50 bags a season for 28 years. That means, okay, let's put this into perspective. Say you come up at, at 20 and you're not exactly like the fastest guy, but you're known for stealing bags. Mm -hmm. If you stole 50 bags through your 40 year, you'd be 48 years old <laughs> and you'd still be short. That's insane. It's, cr I don't That's understand. It's so hard to digest. I How? don't understand. Uh, let's see. Some other nuggets here. Ricky Henderson, I pull, I don't remember the article that I pulled this from. So forgive me for lacking credit here, but it said Ricky Henderson nearly ran a marathon in his career just stealing bases. His <laughs> 1,406 steals at 90 feet between bases adds up to 126,540 feet or 23.97 miles, just over too shy of a marathon. Hmm. Dang, marathon dude. is 20, what, 26.2? Yeah. He ran, he stole 23.97 miles worth of bags. Mm. <laughs> what? You want dude. some more nuggets? I got more nuggets. Ricky stole 100 bases three times in his career. 100 okay. in 1980, 130 in 82, and 108 in 83. <laughs> 130? 130, which, by the way, is a single-season steal record. Uh, Ty Cobb in the modern era had set the record with 96 in 1915, which was then broken 1962 by Maury Willis with 104, which was then broken by Lou Brock in 1974 with 118. So Ricky Henderson's 130 steals in a season is the all-time record. For a single season. No. No. We're praising guys for 30. Like this guy could be a 40-40 guy. Ricky Henderson did the 40 <laughs> times three. Yeah. Time, times three and then some. 130 wow. bags in a season. It almost hit 300 home runs in his career. That's what I'm saying. Over dude. 3,000 hits. It th over 3,000 hit 3,000. What I say, 55, uh, 297 home runs. So it wasn't just his his ability to run. Like, sure, that plays a massive role when you're talking about all time career steals. But it was his ability to get on base, whether yeah. it was the hit or his ability to see pitches. He, I've uh, got a note here only. Barry Bonds had more walks than Ricky Henderson in a big league career. Hmm. But Ricky Henderson has the most all-time unintentional walks. Obviously, we know Barry's story. Yeah, yeah. Intentionally walked with the bases loaded, yada, yada, yada. Got one of the most feared of his time. Yeah. But Ricky Henderson, unintentional walks, all-time leader. Maybe, dude. I mean, may I don't know. I'm gonna say no. 
I'm going to lean towards no, but like the the rule, I think I genuinely feel like these rule changes and like this MLB PA hope to get guys up younger mixed in with like really pushing offensive numbers, making sure the game is getting to this point. You could see you could see big records being broken 15, 20 years down the road. I could see it. This one, I don't see this one. I don't see this one. I really don't. So aside from the fact that he stole obviously many bags during the the prime of his career, I think that uh, something that's lost on a lot of people is how he his ability to steal bags like even at the very end of his career like yeah. he he stole i think it was it said the last time he stole at least 60 bases he was 39 years old yeah after turning 40 his next 3 yearly stolen base totals were 37 36 and 25 the only player ever with multiple 30 steal seasons at age 40 or older wow which, by the way, I looked at his age 40 season with the Mets. Played 121 games, hit 315, had 37 bags, OPS of 889, and an OPS plus of 128 at age 40. Dude just did not fizzle at all. Whew. Unless the bags get moved to, yeah. to 55 but then, feet, I don't see it happening. Even then, dude, this is like the score, the all-time scoring title, like pre and post three-point line. You know what I mean? That's how we're gonna view these rule changes. Sure. Yeah. It's gonna be like, what were these, what were these records before rules were implemented to help? You ain't touching this. Nobody's touching this. That's that's what I'm saying. That I mean, I think all of the records that we're diving into this offseason are unbreakable, but I mean this one's gotta be up there. Yeah. We just, I think at the end we should we need to do like our own ranking, our own power ranking. Possibly. Of, I like that. Of degree of unbreakable because I like that. Twenty what did I say? Twenty eight years of fifty bags and yeah. you're still not touching them? Insane insane ain't happening well that's all i got wanted to just do like i said a little little deep dive into that i hope you enjoyed it um is there anything i missed i think that's about it it's about it we're getting there dude it's slowly easing back into stuff happening i can feel it i can feel like a once a week signing happening right now Something needs to get going, dude. Like it's we're, ha- we're more than halfway through January. Like time to make some moves. Certain teams, like there's still a lot of names out there. Still a lot of stuff going on. Like let's let's go. We gotta start having conversations about fantasy baseball again soon. Uh, we absolutely do. I mean, we're under a month until pitchers and catchers report. So these teams need to need to give their their new acquisitions a chance to get comfy, get set up, get settled in with their new digs. So let's yeah. let's get it going. Let's yeah. let's make these moves happen and uh let's get to some baseball. Yeah. I like it. 
Good stuff, old chap. I'm all done. Don't go chasing curveballs. Love y'all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.